Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back, Julie. It is June the 9th. I want to tell everyone, first of all, uh, a topic of today's show, probably tomorrow's as well, is are the are essentially the 10 top things that agents are doing right now, um, I think we'll say under the category of assuming, right? Yes. In other words, they're being complacent with their sales skills Agreed. or they haven't got the sales skills um, and they don't realize that they're making mistakes because of they're making these assumptions. But we're going to talk about that in a second. Yeah. So I want to share with you a um, experience I had on a coaching call this morning. Okay. And I don't have very many private coaching clients anymore. Mm-hmm. I've sort of, you know, stepped aside for our coaches to start sure. t- picking up more coaching clients. You know, got a small army of coaches and the whole thing. But I do have a handful. Mm-hmm. And so I have this one coaching client. We'll call him Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. And I've coached him on and I know I've coached him consistently for five or six years. And his pattern is always the same. He does really, really well. And then he doesn't do anything. In other words, he'll basically create these situations where he is in some sort of externally, you know, induced, like, for example, financial problems. And all of a sudden out of just, you know, nowhere comes this super branded and he'll start listing houses and doing the things he doesn't want to do. And he doesn't want to do at the highest level. But as soon as he's past that financial stressful thing, and, you know, to his credit, most of his financial stressful things aren't like, you know, a problem with the debt or something that's, you know, really nasty that crept up on him. It's him, you know, they want to upgrade their house, that kind of thing. But it is, you know, it is something that it will motivate him. So external have-tos definitely get him off his butt. But as soon as he has some resemblance of uh, being comfortable and um, having some resemblance of financial security, he stops working. And so that cycle has perpetuated his life for I'm sure right way before we were coaching him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he and I talk about it, especially when he's in one of these down cycles, which he is right now. Sure. And, um, you know, he knows it. He'll admit it. He knows exactly what he's doing. He'll figure out. Not, and so he and I both like to share books that we're reading. And he mm-hmm. and I are big fans of pretty much anything written by any Navy SEAL ever. <laughs> pretty uh-huh. much. Yes. Right. And so we're uh, he was listening to Jocko Wilnick's uh, book, one of his books. And, you know, again, he and I share uh, book suggestions. So we're um, talking about Jocko this morning. And again, I can't confront him directly on his self-induced complacency and laziness because that's truly what it is because he obviously knows it and he doing he does it voluntarily. You guys understand? I notice you're comfortable doing it on a podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, I am because I know. I know he won't mind me sharing it because I, I, did, I didn't say his last name. I'm just giving you a Right. Heart. But the fact is, is this is a very common cycle that yes. most, I would say primarily men from what I've observed, they do. Mm-hmm. They'll, they will produce at a high level and create and do work at a high level do what they do. basically they'll do what they don't want to do and they don't want to do it at a high level when they only only when they have to mm-hmm. and as soon as they have some resemblance of financial security then they essentially go into lazy mode mm-hmm. you know they're in they're into the perver- they're sitting in the proverbial lazy a lazy boy and then they just fill their day with work theater so he and i were talking about some of the navy seal books and i asked him today i said brandon why do you think that every Navy SEAL book you've ever read or listened to um, always talks about buds, you know, the the uh, actual 
basically try out to be a Navy SEAL? Why do they always, even guys that have been forward deployed, many, many combat missions, they're, you know, just these guys that are absolute, uh, you know, military superheroes, they always will say BUDS was the hardest thing that they ever did with being a Navy SEAL. Just no matter what. Yeah, does not matter how many combat mm-hmm. deployments they've had, wherever they've been. They always say BUDS sucked the worst. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and then the, the question is why? Why is it that the buds suck the worst. You could say, well, physically it was stressful. You could say all these, you know, different sort of external things. But the real thing that the, the reason it was the most stressful, and if you listen enough to these books, they you can kind I've of put it all together. Yeah. yeah, is the fact that they are having to confront their uh, internal, um, not their physiology mm-hmm. or their physicality, but how they think how their brains actually work. And what they're discovering is that like what, again, you read these books and this is the honest to God bottom line. Some people, even the most physically fit uh, specimens, the people that are the fastest, they're human freaks because they can swim underwater. They're, you know, they're just unbelievably gifted uh, right out of the chute with their ability to do physical things. But that does not necessarily mean they have the mental aptitude, the mental, I think the better choice of words would be fortitude to become Navy SEALs. Mm -hmm. And so what BUDS is designed to do is yes, test you and, uh, you know, put you through physical, you know, training and seeing what you're capable of. But it's really designed is see if you have the the mental and even really emotional fortitude to become a Navy SEAL. Because really, honestly, if you look at what's required, so there's like... um, you know, you can become a Navy SEAL right out of high school. Mm-hmm. And so you right out of high school, you decide to try out for uh, to be a Navy SEAL. Well, there's essentially the tryout before BUDS, right? So you have to pass through the first uh, series of physical. It's like uh, boot camp, but obviously it's a little bit more extreme. But you only have to do eight pull-ups. You have to do, I think it's a mile and a half in less, less than 15 uh, minutes. Mm-hmm. It's not that much. I mean, I could do it at 51. As a matter of fact, I do it pretty much every day at the gym. It's really a certain number. I think it's 150 sit-ups in a certain amount of time. You you could everyone Basic listen, qualification. Right. Everyone in this podcast can work up to that. So as soon as you go from that, then you basically st- start qualifying uh, for um, obviously for BUDS. Now, the first thing to try out before you get into BUDS, there are people that aren't trying to run you off. They're not trying to beat you down. They want you to push through BUDS. But as soon as you get into BUDS... You have the minimum physical requirements to actually start applying for the job of being a Navy SEAL. But then they start essentially putting you through an extreme amount of stress physically. And they're trying to literally break you down emotionally. Now, from the if you haven't really you know read a lot of these books, you think they're trying to break you down physically. They're, yes, that's true. But they're really trying to break you down emotionally to see if you have that internal drive to really do the job. And if you don't, you can quit. And the quitting is uh, essentially you ring a bell. So as a Navy SEAL or somebody who's not even a SEAL, somebody who's trying to be a SEAL and you're in buds, I forget what the washout rate was. It's, it's pretty big. It's like only, I think maybe less than 10% make it through. Sure. Uh, but then when they don't make it through, they ring this bell and basically they're publicly announcing that they're quitters. Mm-hmm. And then they even, I mean, I was <laughs> listening to one book last weekend and they even go to the special section. And uh, so they don't just leave, you know, the buds, uh, you know, where they're, because the these guys, box. these guys are still in the Navy. Yeah. So when they quit buds, they're going to be as they, they're going to be stationed to, uh, to the fleet. So in other words, they're going to be on, uh, you know, Navy ships, some place sure. in the world right 
And so they go to some little place where this, the buds is going on. And I guess that's essentially where all the losers go. And it's really a horrible place. You never want to go there, the essence of it. But they ring the bell, announce the world that they quit, and then they basically go to the loser's hall, in essence. And and I'm not I'm not trying to make fun of people who didn't make it through buds. I'm just saying, you know, no, in case I ran... No, commingling with the survivors. In case I ran into any of you, please understand that I was right. not making fun of you. No. Okay. Because I probably... I don't know. Actually, I can confidently say I would not have rung the bell. Uh, but I'm saying that, right? But who knows? I haven't been in that situation. Sure. But so that's the whole situation. So it's the ringing of the bell acknowledging that you are a failure. That is essentially what it is. It is supposed to be as angstful and painfully mentally and emotionally as you imagine it to be. So I asked Brandon the question this morning because he already knows he's got what it takes to be a real estate Navy SEAL because he is a real estate Navy SEAL when he's under the prop a proper amount of stress, right? And we just talked about that a second ago. And, and so here's the question I asked for him because this cycle, he's in his early 40s, and this is not uncommon for men in their early 40s to act like this. And the, the rationalization, or really the psychology is, is that he gives himself these sometimes month-long um, you know, vacations, mental, emotional vacations from doing real work as his payoff for having actually created financial security or some sort of resemblance to financial security, two or three months worth of income, maybe some money in the bank, you know, family's fed, everyone's happy. So at that point, then he'll, he'll just basically check out and uh, do nothing. He won't do any lead generation. He won't do anything to essentially take care of future Brandon. So his cycle, his work cycle of life is that he will go through these manic states of work. He'll get a whole bunch of results. He'll then essentially know he has all this money coming in and then he'll just coast. And then he gets, what does he create? A financial um, problem for himself or some sort of external financial pressure. And he does it all over again. And he hates that cycle. He'd love to have some financial security. He'd love to have more money in the bank. So he says, but he needs that external pressure. Th that's essentially what he needs or he thinks he needs in order to basically do what he doesn't want to do and he doesn't want to do it at the highest level. But he knows intellectually that's not true. He knows, again, he's a fan of these Navy SEAL books, that if he were to get up, follow a schedule, do the, the work that we ask him to do consistently, yes, many days he'll be doing what he doesn't want to do and he doesn't want to do it at the highest level. But the end result is he'll have consistent income. He'll be able to save more money. He'll be able to create passive income. And he'll do something that virtually nobody does, which is he'll actually become rich whereas money works for him and he no longer works for his money. So the you guys get the the sort of the paradox here, right? He knows he knows that he's being lazy. He knows that he's creating he's in this long term, he creates these long term, you know, so essentially these financial spirals that create untold other problems. So I asked him this morning, I said to him, I said like, so you're the guy who knows he could be a Navy SEAL, who absolutely positively knows he could make it through, but you choose to ring that bell. And you choose to ring the bell, even though you know you physically, mentally, emotionally can do the work and you can pass through buds and you can become a Navy SEAL, but you choose to every single day when you wake up, when you're in these sort of downward modes to ring that bell. I said, I don't, and this is really how I honestly think. And I think if you guys, I think everyone can relate to what I'm saying. I don't personally understand how he can do that. And I've obviously been telling him that for years in different ways and coaching him. But we both know why he does it. He gets in for him right now, the payoff of being to be being lazy for two or three months is greater than what the payoff would be for him not to be lazy and be working consistently. That's where he's at in his uh, essentially his 
business and, um, you know, really his financial maturity. He hasn't realized that really if he wants to have long-term levels of essentially not having to do what he doesn't want to do when he doesn't want to do at the highest level and not destroy his financial security, that he has to actually sacrifice now and be consistent with the efforts he puts forth. So the question I had for him, and he didn't have an answer, and I think hopefully he'll have an answer when we have our call next week, and the answer I have for all of you is if you, now some of you don't know you can be Navy SEALs, right? Some of you have not actually learned how to be Navy SEALs. You're not like Brandon who can actually drill down and start doing the real work and get real results because you have yet you have yet to learn the skill set that we teach you here at Harris Buds Training, basically, right? So you've not really been through it yet. So you don't know that you can actually create the results that he does, but he does. Yeah. And yet he wakes up in the morning and he rings the bell. He basically says, nope, I'm not going to actually do the real work of real estate today, even though I know I'm going to screw uh, myself and my family in the future. Because when the financial security runs dry, I know 60 to 90 days from now, I'm going to be in panic mode again. Um, and I know that in those during that time, I'm going to have to basically take away from my family. And, you know, guys, here's the thing. What is it? June, July, August, right? So August, September, October, he's going to be back in earning mode. And then he's going to be back in basically not working mode over the holidays. And this is how his cycles work for years. And so what's it like for him to ring that bell every morning? What's it like for all of you to ring that bell every morning? Those of you who are ringing that bell. In other words, you know you have an inside of yourselves to do the real work of real estate, to actually stop playing at real estate, to actually drill down and do what you don't want to do and you don't want to do at the highest level, but you choose to ring that bell. Now, here's the conclusion. And I'll tell you this for a fact. Um, and Julie, you can obviously, um, you over-caffeinated me clearly. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> so one of the, the, the prevailing thought that I have for all of you, and this is really what the truth is, is that it actually is more stressful. It takes mm -hmm. more work it is more harmful. It is more everything bad that you don't want in your life by not working consistently, by working the way he is working, by having this roller coaster in his life. It's mm -hmm. not just his finances that are in the roller coaster. It's him personally and his relationship to his family. There's no way that someone's ringing that bell every morning and also not ringing the bell when it comes to being a good husband, not being ringing the bell when it comes to being a good father of four kids, by the way, not ringing the bell and how he's relating to other people. In other words, he's ringing the bell and choosing to not be essentially the person he could be in all aspects of his life, not just earning money in real estate. So what are the, what are the, uh, the, the um, what is the, what's the word I'm looking for? Not momentum. But what happens over time is you accumulate these sort of mm -hmm. downward, upward well, the cycles. accumulation effect. And I think the comeback becomes much more difficult the older you get. Right. And you're in danger, especially, it can happen at any point in life, but especially as you get older, you become very much in danger of not being able to flip that switch and have that comeback be effective. What if you're in a down spiral like he is, mm -hmm. and then a whole bunch of things happen at once? You have three or four bad yeah, things. Yeah, you stay in that downward spiral. The economy spiral. changes. There's yep. some other sort of black swan thing. You might have mm -hmm. a personal problem. There might be other things. Sure. Then you're screwed. Yes. Because not only basically have you are you trying to rebuild – uh, and you know now you've got a whole bunch of other things. The headwinds are too strong, mm -hmm. and that's when you lose your house. I, you know, we saw that. Yep. We have had. I mean, we we speak the truth, and you know, I honestly, I think, and I hope this doesn't come off too harsh, but you know, the thing is, I think that it's kind of disrespectful to the family, to your business, and to yourself when you do that. Well, because yeah, you're out right? of integrity so, with what you can do. Right. You're being a slacker on your potential, and it's worse than that because by 
operating at a, a more consistent high level, you then learn new things and improve and polish upon who you already are. And when you're, already, you're taking regular steps back, you're not improving like you once did in the first or second iteration of yourself. You know, and just so you guys don't think we're being extra mean to Brandon, just know that when he's being lazy, he is honest enough to say, I'm being lazy. And he knows it. And he knows why he's doing it. And he will tell you, I'm doing it because it's a payoff for me not having to do anything. And of course, nobody knows he's not doing anything. It's not like, and I asked him actually this morning, I said, you know, I'm trying to coach him here. I already know these answers for the most part. But I ask him, I say, so what the hell do you do with your day? Right. I mean, what are you what doing? What do you do? Why you, you disappear in the morning. Your wife and your kids see you walk out the door. And you, you, you hop in your, you know, your car and you're going and you're doing this work theater thing. So what do you do? He goes, I find miscellaneous things to fill my day. He says, mm-hmm. I, and I am intentionally doing that. And I know at the end of the day. So here's why it's a burden. Because he knows, and this is the reason it's more work. This is the reason it's absolutely more damaging because he knows he didn't have to ring that bell and he does it. And the untold psychological detrimental effect of choosing to not do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level, when you know you could have, what happens is that detrimental effect, that psychological baggage accumulates to the point where basically Julie's point is right, right? You can't, you maybe you try to build it back um, at a time when it's almost impossible to, or more specifically, you really start to doubt yourself and time passes. Then you grow to a certain age and you basically are looking around and you haven't accomplished what you thought you were going to accomplish by that particular age. And then you just give up. And that's what happens. Now, there might be some other sparks that basically light your ass back on fire when you're older. But the reality of it is, is that's what happens. So the accumulated negative effects of operating like that, ringing the bell when you know you could have became a Navy SEAL uh, and operating like that long term in any aspect of your life is not the payoff that you think is a payoff that you get to be lazy. Hey, Julie, we don't have to go to the gym. Yeah, we're not well, going to go exactly to the, We're not going to work out. Well, I yeah, mean, but I, what happens is Well, you know, I would rather go than have to make the comeback and be sore for a week. Right. And at our age, frankly, if Especially. we stop going, we go to, you know, pot really fast. Very fast. Yeah. yeah. And we Well, and let me clarify on this too. I think I think that you'll agree with this. It's not that we don't want you to reward yourself for your hard work, your well-earned commissions for you know, doing what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it at a high level and being of service and taking care of a lot of your clients, of course you should reward yourself. That's why we do goal setting. That's why we have the treasure map, okay? That's all true. It's the distance between that that needs to shrink, right? Well, he's writing on past Brandon's performance. Sure. That's it. You know, maybe he needs to write a letter to future Brandon 60 days from now (laughs) apologizing. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've had those conversations too, right? (laughs) Dear future Brandon, uh, it's June the 9th and I realize now that it's probably September and you have no money and you're under a lot of stress and you haven't seen your kids in, you know, forever. They forgot your name. You're way 10 pounds heavier. You haven't gone to the doctor. You, your clothes don't fit. You smell funny. You know, you're basically yeah, work- and good luck on that listing presentation that you have to win tonight on your comeback. Right. Because, because confidence comes from doing what 
what you don't want to do, not from dodging what you don't want to do. Exactly. And so that's ultimately what I hope you guys understand from my little story here is that the work that is required to be successful consistently long term is less than the price you pay by not doing the work. And I mean that in the literal sense, the financial sense, but most importantly, in the psychological sense. Because when you're lazy, when you don't do the real work of real estate, you actually, what you're doing is you're chopping away at yourself. You're cutting off little pieces of your soul and your potentiality. And then you begin to see other, again, time passes, you look in the mirror, you're not, you, you look older, you know, you think you're the only one at 50 that, you know, you guys, some of you who are older, you know what I'm saying? You don't necessarily, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you're not uh, objectively looking at yourself. You don't even see yourself when you look at the reflection. But that one day, for some reason, you just happen to be walking past a reflective window or some sort of surface. And you see that person looking back at you. And for that millisecond, you realize that's you. You have not consciously looked at yourself because you just tune it out subconsciously or consciously your brain doesn't even register that you're looking at yourself. You know what I'm talking about. You start wearing baggier clothes to cover up different parts of your body that you're you're getting really fat or you start doing little funny things to try to cover up the fact that financially you're not where you want to be. Those types of things. That is more work than having done the real work. We use the gym as a great example. We do not like going to the gym. We like the friends there. We like being done with it. Uh, That's it. Okay. But we do it every day because we know if we don't in a very short period of time, we're going to look in, we're going to see ourselves and they're not, we're not going to be the people that we know we are on the inside. And the same thing happens with finances. The same thing happens with your spirituality in a lot of ways. The same thing happens with your relationships with family and other, uh, you know, it's the ringing of the bell when you know you could have become a Navy SEAL. So how many of you right now are listening to this podcast And you know damn well that every single day you ring that bell in all aspects of your life. And you're wondering, well, how do I turn it around? The best way to get good at push-ups is... Do the push-ups. Right. It's not a complicated answer. (laughs) And it gets easier and you can do more over time. You're building on that skill versus doing it only when you feel like it, where it's always going to suck every time you do it. Yep. And how many of you, uh, when I asked that question this sort of rhetorical question, how do you get better at push-ups? We're thinking, well, I'm going to go to YouTube and watch a video. I'm going to buy a book. Watch other people I'm doing. going to watch other people doing push-ups. I'm going to study different, I'm going to buy some push-up equipment. Yep. I'm going to get up, you know, I'm going to do all this push-up training. I'm going to buy special push-up clothes. Oh, don't forget taking a Facebook survey about push-ups. <laughs> yeah, you're going to ask your friends on how to do push-ups, right? You're going to go to a whole bunch of push-up groups. And you just know what agents do? No, the way you get better at push-ups is you do the damn push-ups. The way you get better at doing the real work of real estate is you do the real work of real estate. You pick up the phone. You have the conversations. You do the real work of real estate. It on, works. It does. And on the other side of that, guys, when you consistently do it, it's everything and a hell of a lot more than you want in life. And the amazing thing is it accumulates a lot faster than you think. But what really profoundly changes is you're no longer the person who would ever in a billion years consider ringing that damn bell. That's right. You do, it's not even in your head. It's not an option. And that that's another side point is to not allow yourself to even have the option, right? You will do the work. That's it. It's it's about habits, I think. And about, <clears throat> excuse me, and about discipline. So instead of having the three months on, three months off, three months on, three months off, you know, because of all the dangers that you just enumerated. So do the work and after a closing celebrate, right? Take a long weekend off. Take, we used to call them sanctioned realtor holidays, right? When you have a long weekend, Memorial Day, President's Day, whatever. 
You don't have to take months off to celebrate. Well, it's the future version of yeah. you versus the, the past version of you. Mm-hmm. So, so explain that. Well, so we often joke about you should set yourself up so that the future you can say thank you past fill in the blank with your name for having it together in the month of June, even when things got hard, because here I am in the month of October looking at the holidays with 10, 12, 15 pendings. I know I'm going to kick ass fourth quarter. And because I did that work, I'm also set up for a great first quarter. Thank you past Brandon for getting it together and not having those those radical ups and downs. When you look at your checking account balance, if you have a lot of money in the bank, that's not because of anything you're doing today. No. That's because of something you did in the past. Right. If you look at the checking about, and that's good and bad, right? So if you look in the bank and there's no money, that's not because of what you did today. Probably you could have spent it all, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> but you know, it's some. It's because what you didn't do in the past. That's right. So what you and now it is very fascinating that the human brain is not designed to to have any sort of attachment to the future. And that's, that's something true. that Julie and I studied the crap out of for our book, Harris Rules, which, by the way, continues to be a bestseller on Amazon. Almost 500 four star, or 500 five-star reviews. Make sure you guys go over to Amazon and get the book, Harris Rules. And thanks for all the amazing reviews. And yes, we read them. And yes, it makes us feel good. Yep. So please read. A, and by the way, also leave a great review for our podcast on iTunes. This continues to be the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents. And, and not just the United States, most likely, but probably the world. We're listened to in 61 different countries every day. But this concept of past you versus future you, that's a very interesting thing to wrap your mind around. And so Julie, explain that the yeah. studies have been done that people can easily visualize, mm-hmm. you know, the past, right? Because they've lived they've it, lived but it. They, they start, their brains start to uh, create uh, almost mythical uh, versions of the past. Well, modifications. Not, of right. Modifications mm-hmm. of the past. But most humans cannot think, really yeah. think or have any emotional attachment to something in That's the future. Right. The, the neuro, I think they're neuropsychologists that uh, study this, they, they actually have shown that when you think of your future self, the parts of your brain that are working and how you describe it, you know, these are very scientific studies, uh, have the exact same pattern as if you're talking about a stranger. Yeah, that's interesting, so, isn't it? I think it? it's really fascinating. It's incredible. It is, and because you've got that detachment from it, it's, it's almost like you don't take your future self as seriously as you do your present and because the present wants to have fun and goof off, right? Because you get instant gratification from that. But it's so hard to think of your future self and to paint that picture. And that's why we spend so much time on, on goal setting and, and creating the plan that gets you to the goal, right? It's not enough to just, okay, I can, sure, I can visualize myself being 10 pounds lighter. Sure, I can, I claim I can. But without an actual plan to get you there, you're never going to do it. So it's let me just make that very practical, right? So there's a plate of donuts. How many of you are salivating right now? <laughs> I'll be honest, I am too. I'm thinking of a jelly filled. Hey, Krispy Kreme's <laughs> only like five miles away, man. <laughs> Which we will not go to. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, imagine a plate full of donuts. How many of you would walk past that place plate full of donuts, or how many of you would look at those that plate full of donuts? And this is a learned skill, and think, yes, I would get temporary mouth pleasure that would last. It was a jelly-filled donut, no more than five seconds. <laughs> I would get temporary mouth pleasure, and then the future version of, of me is going to have to pay the price for having that jelly-filled donut, right? You guys get it? So how many of you, when making a decision to do something or not do something in your business, are thinking in terms of the future version of you, how that future version of you will feel? Psychologically, we know it's virtually, it's not a natural thing for people to think like that. They think today, now, immediate, urgent. That's how they think. 
They don't think about how they're going to be in the future. That's the reason it's so hard for people to save money. That's the reason that in our book, Harris Rules, I believe it's the last chapter, we actually tell people to set up systems that force them to save money yeah. because most people, present company included, mm -hmm. will not naturally save money unless there's an external thing that's sort of just more or less taking it from you, right? And that's how you can force yourself to save money. You don't voluntarily you know, say, I'm going to save money. You make it so that money is sucked out of your account. Save for you. Save for you every time you have a deposit into your account. That's the, you know, it's what uh, Glenn's, uh, Glenn Sanford, the founder of uh, EXP, you know, who's a billionaire, who's got mm -hmm. this amazing company. And he talks about the fact there's two things realtors don't do well, save for retirement and pay their taxes. That's and if true. you look at the commonalities yeah. of those two things, uh -huh. they're both about essentially saving future. money to take care of future version of yourself. But that's the true with everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, every, the, the biggest problem most coaching clients have is not paying their taxes and, and not, not saving, saving and not saving enough money. Right. And, and when they have the, I'm going to go on vacation, they put it on a credit card. Yep. I mean, I remember a few, a few years ago when you and I were taking Zoe to Disney World, mm -hmm. it's just stupid expensive. Let's just say it. Yep. I can't honestly believe it's that expensive. <laughs> no. And that's not even like staying at the Hard Rock. In, no. You know, that's just, it's ridiculous. Like right. Having a moderate time. It, exactly. Yep. Okay. Well, it's so expensive that Disney essentially is pushing, is basically uh, assuming that you're not going to be able to pay for it yourself. So Disney is making money off essentially helping people finance their finance Disney their vacation. vacation, right? So the whole thing is finance is basically. I again, I haven't read their financial, uh, their public filings, but I bet you the financial arm of Disney is more profitable or as profitable as the money that people actually uh, spend while they're there. You know, it's fascinating, isn't it? Because people will always be stuck in this quagmire of not being able to think of themselves in the future. But that's a secret. That is something that if you can just start doing it in the sense that you can put systems in place, going to the gym every day, you might not know it, but the future version of yourself is going to thank you. Doing the real work of real estate, you might not be able to psychologically attach yourself to the, that you in the future, but that you in the future is going to love on the present version of you because you did what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it at the highest level. I mean, this is the reason that people will you know, ramble on forever about forming new habits. Forming new habits, it takes this many days, it takes that many days. There's real no scientific research behind any of that. It's all just basically a bunch of woo-woo at the end of the day. Is there, are there, is there anything wrong with forming new habits? Of course not. But the way you learn how to do push-ups is by doing push-ups. The way you learn how to, the way you essentially start doing a habit, creating a habit is by just doing it, forcing yourself to do it, doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And, and that goes back, I mean, we're going to go back to buds now and we're going to think about that. They guys would wake up every morning at 4.30. They'd go on a six-mile run. They'd be followed by more mental and physical you know, torture, in essence. Followed by a big lunch. Followed by more mental, physical torture. For eight months, if I remember correctly. They, they have, have to, to actually, don't they have to run six miles even to get lunch? Yeah, when they wake up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's never ending. Never ending. Never ending, constant physical. Now, they know, the guys that are most people, if they show up at Bud's, They've already proven their ability to physically do the work. But where Buds breaks them down is that they discover that mentally they cannot do the work. Mentally, they doubt their ability to actually do what they don't want to do when they don't want to do it at the highest level, right? And how do they push through it? Some of them don't. They ring the bell. And so what I'm asking all of you to do is ask yourself if you're a quitter. Ask yourself if you're a bell uh, 
bell ringer. Again, some of you don't know because you have not actually done the preliminary training to even qualify to basically be in buds. You need to learn how to do the basic things. You need to learn how to actually proactively lead generate. You need to learn how to be a salesperson. You need to learn how to be a salesperson, which by definition is a salesperson solves problems for other people. That's what a salesperson does. You have not actually learned how to do that because no one other than Julie and I are telling you the truth about that. Do the work, do the push-ups. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so guys, listen, we've been talking on and off about the real estate treasure map. We want to give the real estate treasure map to you. All you have to do is text the numbers 2021 to 47372. And it's a fill in the blank uh, business and life plan. And uh, just text the word, uh, text the number 2021 to 47372. And when you do, we're going to text you back a link and you can download the real estate treasure map. In addition to that, we're going to give you Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate. And Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate is the public domain version of Napoleon Hill's book. Um, and this will then be a perfect complement for completing your real estate treasure map. Guys, listen, please stop being bell ringers. If you're still trying to decide if you're a bell ringer or not being a bell ringer, understand you can push through. You can develop the skills, but what are the things that are causing you to ring that bell? What are the things that are ultimately going to cause you to quit? It's when you're not successful and you're not making money, right? If you're not successful and you're not making money in real estate, you're going to have to leave and go get a job. So why don't you, instead of looking for a secret sauce or a shortcut, why don't you just accept the fact that everything you want in life is on the other side of doing what you don't want to do. When you don't want to do it at the highest level. And of course, we can help you with that. That's the whole point, guys. That's the truth. There is no, there's nothing you're ever, truthfully, there's no, you know, real estate coaching and training. You hire a real estate coach. They're going to teach you gimmicks mostly. They're going to teach you funnels. They're going to work on your mindset. They're all going to do all this. They're going to do this touchy-feely woo-woo stuff. You're going to find your big why. You're going to do all this stuff. Guys, that's not really what you need. If that's If that really worked, you would already be successful because you've already done all of that. It's the same goes with social networking. You just need to accept the fact that everything you want in life is really on the other side of sacrifice. It is on the other, sac other side of, of essentially doing long periods of time of doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. And it does get easier, but it always sucks. Okay? It, that's the truth. It will not ever be something... Uh, that you really want to do, but it's what you have to do to get the real results. Tim, I'm not going to do what you said. You are not selling me at all in your coaching program because <laughs> it sounds like it's going to make me very uncomfortable. If you do it right, it will. If you don't, it won't. And here's the thing. If you don't do it and you choose to basically believe that there's some shortcut, you will most likely fail. Or if you stay in the business, you might as well have failed because you're not making any profit in your business. You have nothing to show for your work from the money you've earned year in and year out. You have no profit. You're not buying any investment properties. You're not increasing your net worth. You're not paying off your debt. You're doing all the exact opposite, right? You're accumulating debt. You're, you're well, nowhere. You're struggling, basically. Remember, struggling what Glenn said? Remember what Glenn said? Two things agents don't do. Save for retirement, save for taxes. So statistically, what I'm saying is true. You have to decide who you're going to be. You have to decide the man or the woman that you're going to be. You have to decide whether you're going to be a bell ringer or whether you're going to be somebody that actually pushes through and becomes, chooses to become the best version of him or herself as a real estate salesperson, but also as a human, also as a contributor to society, also as a mom or a dad or a husband or a wife, the best version of you. And if you think that that's more work than actually not doing it, this, the psychological stress that you're putting on yourself every single day, knowing that you could have, 
I promise you the accumulative effect of that, and I know some of you understand what I'm saying is stone cold true because you're feeling it right now. You know that what I'm saying is true. You're feeling that you have been you know, in this sort of bell ringing mode for long periods of time and you're sick of it and you don't know what to do about it. The best way to get good at push-ups is doing the push-ups. That's the answer. And it's easier than avoiding the push-ups. Totally. It is easier. Everything you think is hard is actually easier to do. It's just your, it, it, who, who cares? Well, and the longer you wait, the, the worse it gets in your head. Truly. Well, it's because you, know. you, you, because here's what happens. You say to yourself, you know, our age, a little older, you say to yourself, I've been telling myself, maybe so, this happens subconsciously or consciously, right? Uh -huh. If you're introspective, it happens consciously. You're going to say to yourself, you know, I've been telling myself forever that I'm going to get in shape. I'm not in shape. Screw it. Yeah, too late. I'm, I told myself forever that I would have some sort of, uh, you know, lifestyle. Of, I wasn't going to, you know, I'd be able to spoil my family on the holidays and I would be able to whatever, whatever. Well, it hasn't happened. Too late. Guess that's I'm what happens. But that's what people do. Look around you. Aren't you surrounded with people like that? Isn't that your reality? Isn't that you? Why? Why are you a bell ringer? doesn't have to be that way. You only live once and you're dead a real long time. What the hell are you waiting for? I mean, honestly, it doesn't make any sense. It's less work. It's less psychological baggage. You'll, it, the, the nature of your life and the nature of the relationships that you'll have will be changed in more profound, meaningful ways than you can possibly imagine if you just stop being lazy. And that is what we're talking about. It is being lazy. And you will feel it's, it won't take forever. You know, you'll feel better even at the end of the first day of being accountable Absolutely. to yourself. You know, it's not going to take years for you to turn the ship around. No, matter of fact, it's it, those steps. if you do it intensely, if you do, like when Julie and I always prescribe, right? If there's only three things you get good at real estate and you do nothing else very well, your average, if not below average, everything else. The three things are proactive lead generation, pre-qualifying and presenting. And Julie's going to throw in there a uh, furiously fast lead follow-up. And those really are the four things. You do those four things at the highest level every single day. We give you permission as your coaches or your future coaches to be terrible at everything else. Never get, can all be solved. Never get good at making videos, okay? <laughs> never get good at doing any social networking. You do not have to be good at that to be good at what we're asking you to do. By the way, what that is, is essentially creative avoidance of doing the real work of real estate. Yeah. Or frankly, you don't know better and you've essentially been following the advice of somebody who's never sold real estate before, who's just trying to sell you the latest, greatest fad versus actually people like Julie and I, who certainly our message is, you know, shot between the eyes, brutal truth, no BS, fluff free. And some of you like the fluff, you know, <laughs> you order the, you order the single shot espresso with a whole bunch of, you know, five <laughs> gallons of froth. The sugars and the caramels on the top. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, that sounds good too. Yeah, it does. We need to go get a donut. <laughs> no. <laughs> so you guys have a fantastic day. By the way, if you need to reach us for anything, feel free to text me directly at 512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. Of course, Julie and I would love to talk with you about joining our EXP group. Of course, we'd like to talk to you about joining Julie and I EXP. You can do it one of two ways. You can do it the passive way. <laughs> which is texting the letters EXP to 47372. Text the letters EXP to 47372. And when you do, you can see the, uh, we put up a great website and a video that explains 
uh, about eXp, but also um, the benefits of joining with Julie and I. Or if you want to skip through the process and you just want to uh, join eXp and you're looking for uh, definitely energetic, motivated uh, sponsors, do consider Julie and I. We're applying for the job of being your eXp sponsor. You can text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>